You're in charge of building your own house. But here's the one caveat. Here's the one caveat. You have to do it in the dark. And not like twilight dark, not like, you know, street lamp dark. I mean, fantastic caverns, silver dollar city cavern, can't see your hand in front of your face dark. Anybody up for that? Anybody? 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 During the time of Advent, during the Christmas season, the Advent season has five pillars that are characteristics. Hope, joy, peace, love, and faith. Hope, joy, peace, love, and faith. Real quick, real quick, some definitions. Hope. Certainty that your future is going to be better than your past and your present. That's hope. Not, not wishful thinking as in, I hope to get to see an English Premier League game one day. That's wishful thinking. Hope is a certainty of a bit better future. Joy. Internal excitement despite their circumstances. Peace, calm through the chaos. Not calming chaos, calm through the chaos. Love, unconditional sacrifice for others. And faith, seeing things the way God sees them and then acting on it. Those are the pillars of Advent. And the more I study these five things, the more, uh, and, and we've, done, we've done series surrounding the five pillars for four years now, this is the fourth year, the more I study this, the more I recognize that these five things, hope, joy, peace, love, and, and, and faith, is why we do everything. Not just Christian stuff, not just, not just religious stuff. This is why we do everything that we do because we believe that this, this thing, this action, this, this whatever it is, is going to bring us more hope, more joy, more peace, more love, more faith in our life. And then, in, in, in this season's uh, 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 focus, this series focus called The Gathering, The Gathering, uh, we, we're taking a look at how these five things uh, impact us through community. So take our father during our commercial. No hope, no joy, no peace. It was quiet, but he didn't have peace. Just because it's quiet doesn't mean you have peace. No love, no faith. He was lacking the gathering. He's lacking the community. He wanted his family to all come together so that he could have all five of those things. Now, lesson number one from this commercial. Don't raise successful children. They'll move away and, you know, they won't be home for the holidays. I'm in the same town that I grew up in. You make your own conclusions about that. But, Second conclusion, <laughs> he's a dirty old man. Not like perverted dirty. Like, how many of you, if your old man did this to you, you'd be having a funeral? <laughs> you'd be having a funeral. <laughs> and you'd be going to jail. <laughs> like, he played dirty to get his, get his kids home. Right? 
He was rejected. He was rejected by his kids. But that made the acceptance all that much more sweet. Spoiler alert, we'll watch a commercial like this every week. If you bring tissues, no one will judge you. But as we look at the Advent story, the narrative of Jesus coming to earth, his story wasn't a story of him, him being rejected so that he could be accepted. It's much better than that. It's much better than that. See, we love stories of, of rejection so that people, you know, or fighting through rejection so that people can find acceptance. Napoleon Dynamite, anybody? That was so popular because everybody has experienced rejection, no matter how popular you think you are. You've experienced rejection. Bench warmers, Jack, bench warmers? Acceptance, right? Acceptance through rejection. We love stories like this, but they're always in the movies. Why? We don't want to fight through our own rejection to find acceptance. But Jesus, Jesus had a story that was even much better than that. We're going to take a look first this week in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 isn't one of the birth narratives of Jesus. You'll find those in Matthew and Luke. John decides to go further back in time. In fact, John wants to establish Jesus' eternal nature in the first chapter, the first 18 verses of his book. I encourage you to read them all. We're going we're to take a slice out of, out of this to see uh, what it, how it has to do with all this rejection stuff. And so in John chapter 1, we read this, starting in verse 9. There's an event, hardbound, we'll throw it up on the screen. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John was calling Jesus a whole lot of names, good names, the word, uh, uh, all of this. And he was establishing Jesus' eternal nature and that he was the creator of the world and all, and, and all this. And now he calls Jesus the light. Going back to our previous illustration, if you were building a house in absolute darkness, that wouldn't go well, would it? You would think you would be building something, but instead, every time you hammered on something, thinking you were building it, you would actually be destroying it, right? You would be causing more damage because you're doing it in the dark. And John's saying, look, 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 we're building this this life that we have in absolute darkness. And this guy, Jesus, came to be the light, to shine light on how we're wrecking everything. And when the light shows up, we're going to be able to see how we're wrecking our whole life. See, when we try to find hope, joy, peace, love, and faith on our own, trying to build those on our own, we're trying to build those pillars on our own, we think we're building those pillars. But every time we try to build those things on our own by doing some activity, we're not building those pillars. The hammer that we're swinging isn't building those pillars, it is destroying those pillars. And Jesus wants to shine a light on that. 
So when he shines a light in the darkness, we get to see what we're actually doing. But what else happens in absolute darkness when the light shows up? It hurts, right? A couple months ago, Nicole went uh, to have a weekend with, the, with, 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 with some college friends. Uh, and they, they do this every year, every fall. And um, I was uh, uh, alone. And... Um, couldn't, I, I woke up, couldn't go back to sleep, so I decided to read. I turned on the LED light by, that we've got by the bed. I mean, you would have thought that, you know, Batman spotlight had come into the room. Like, I closed my eyes for five minutes because my face hurt. Because it was so bright compared to the darkness that I was in. And what do we do a lot of times when the light comes on and, and, and our face hurts because of the pain of the light entering the darkness? We reject the light, right? We turn it off. We don't want the pain. But here's the deal. In order for our house to be resurrected, we have to go through the pain of seeing our house the most. And see, when Jesus showed up, this is what happened. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. I think it might be a Geico commercial. It, it, it shows uh, the Gracho Marx glasses with the nose and the fur mustache thing. You know, Gra- Gracho Marx disguise thing. It shows like a, a Groucho Marx disguise company. Like, I don't know why our cells are going through the roof. And then it pans out to the, to the, to, to, uh, uh, the woods. And some deer have the Groucho Marx thing on, the disguise on. And the hunters are like, I don't know where all the deers have gone. Right? Yeah. This is kind of the same thing with Jesus. Except he, he didn't show up with Groucho Marx disguise glasses. But he came... Even though he was the creator, he came and he was clear about who he was. But people are like, no, 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 you're not the creator. I don't recognize you. The creator would be so much more impressive than you. But not only that, verse 11, he came to his own people. Israel, the people he, 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 he created for his own purpose and, 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 and climaxing really in the purpose of, of, of him coming to this, to this earth through his own people. He, was, he created them for this purpose, but they rejected him. They rejected him. The world didn't recognize him. His own people rejected him. The non-religious and the religious alike rejected Jesus. They were building in darkness. And when he shone the light into their life, they rejected him. He went through rejection. He knows what it's like. But his story isn't about fighting through rejection in order for him to be accepted. His story is this. But to all who believed him and accepted him, He gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. In John chapter 3, Jesus described it as being born again. 
But see, here's the deal. When we believe the light, when we, when we see the light come in and we're willing to work through the pain of the light coming into the darkness and we begin to realize that the light coming into the darkness is a good thing because then we can see to build the house. And we say, no, don't go away. I accept you. I believe you. God will accept us as his children, as his adopted children. But maybe some of you are like, see, that's the problem. That's the problem. See, look, look, look. I have to accept him, and then, then he accepts me. And that's not godlike, is it? See, that's the problem I have with your God. I know, that's how it reads here. But really what is happening is this. He created us. He created us as his children. And through sin, we walk away from him, giving him the bird, saying, forget you, and walk away from him and do whatever we want to do, but he still chased after us, sending Jesus to be rejected in order for us to have acceptance from God as adopted chil- ch- children of him. Re- like like that, that our, our, our orphanage was because of us. And he still adopts us. He still accepts us. No matter what. One of our study uh, uh, verses, look how great a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. Love, sacrifice for others. Unconditional sacrifice for others. God dying on the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, There's no greater unconditional sacrifice than that. Another verse says says that he came from ultimate riches to ultimate poverty. And when he did this, he knew that he was going to be rejected. He did it to be rejected. Imagine this. Jesus on his throne. In heaven with all the opulence that heaven is that we do not understand came to be a zygote in mary's belly and what what the genie say enormous powers itty bitty living space quite the definition right he went through the same gestation that all of us did as God, could he, did he have conscious of that? He grew up in two backwoods towns of Israel. In poverty. The carpenter's son and then as a carpenter. But here's the deal. I was thinking about this this week because... Something I was watching had um, showed uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, Florida house. And it's just crazy, right? It's just crazy opulent. And, uh, no statement. No statement. Look, if I had that much money, I would buy a house like that. And all of us would. Okay? Let's be honest. If Jesus came down and lived in that house, he would be leaving absolute wealth and living in poverty. He'd be like, huh, 
Those gold fixtures are nice, but I use it as streets. Right? You know those jewels are nice in the wall. But jewels in heaven are used as the foundation of the walls that surround heaven. That ocean's nice. But the sea of glass that my throne sits on, that's a little bit better. But he didn't come down to live in Donald Trump's house and call that poverty. He didn't even come down to live in our house. That would be poverty. He lived in the equivalent of a third world country. Under oppression. And he did it in order to be rejected. Why? Not for his own acceptance but for ours. So that He can adopt us as sons and daughters again. But we have to accept the light. See, if you invited me over to your house and I rejected you, and you did it time and time and time again, and I rejected you every time. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope. And then you got word that what I was saying was that you rejected me. You'd have a problem, right? You'd be like, me reject you? You've rejected my request every single time. If we reject the light coming into our life, it's not God rejecting us. It's us rejecting the light of God. It's us rejecting the offer to be His child unconditionally. It's rejecting the offer of Jesus coming in and saying, look, 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 look. I'm the light. I'm letting you see that, 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 that your construction is really destruction, but I am not here to shine the light so that you can build. I am here so that I can build your life back that I can give you hope and hopelessness, that I can give you joy and despair, that I can give you peace in chaos, that I can give you love when you're feeling unloved, that I can give you faith when you think that life is just simply unbelievable. If you hear this morning saying, look, I, I feel like I'm building in darkness, the invitation is simple. Invite the light in. Invite Jesus in to be able to rebuild your life. And when it comes to community, we have the opportunity to let the ho hopeless find hope. To let those living in despair to find joy. To those living in chaos to find peace. To those living thinking that they will never be loved unconditionally to find love. For those that think it is impossible to believe, 
that they can have faith. It allows the drug and alcohol addict to find a joy beyond the addiction. It allows somebody who thinks that their life is over to find hope. It allows somebody that, that, that through the chaos in life to find the one who walked on the storm in absolute peace. It allows the one going from relationship to relationship to relationship thinking that that's love. To find unconditional, true, unconditional love. And the one who thinks that God would never, ever, ever accept them to be able to have faith in God. The gathering Someone threw this out in kind of our creative conversation and threw this out and I liked it because it actually is a double entendre. Has the idea of, of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas and the gathering of family, the nice warm fuzzies that we get with that, but also sometimes the gathering is a horror movie because it's the name of a horror flick, the gathering. And to some, church, the gathering that is the church, is a horror movie. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Because we know the one who has loved us unconditionally. And he came for that exact purpose. We accept the light and we let the light shine. No one has ever seen God, but they can see His hope, His joy, His peace, His love, and His faith. They can see that in our lives. Let's pray. Hey, Father Lord, I thank You for this time. I thank You for coming so that we can find acceptance. We thank you for being rejected so that you will accept us. Lord, I just pray that you will let us see that our life is lived in darkness on our own. Give us the light in our life so that our life can be rebuilt. Help us. Thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.